Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode 92, Anissa Garcia Author Spotlight. And I'm excited for this. I actually have a couple different authors that I'm going to be talking to within the next few months as their books come out and things like that. And most of them have been on the podcast before. So exciting to get to talk to them again. And this one is no exception. So we'll go ahead and get into the news. All right, in in sync news. So starting with the movie. So Trolls Band Together was number two last week in its first week in theaters. This weekend falling to number four. So go see it if you haven't yet. Go see it again, even if you have. <laughs> so yeah, we'll see how things go. Hopefully it continues to stay in theaters before going to video. It is available to pre-order through most websites. I know there's one for Walmart for a like package with the Blu-ray, DVD, and digital download. It's available for digital download on the iTunes store, on the Google Play store. So see if you you can pre-order it for depending on what version you want. There's no release date yet, and that really depends on how long it stays in theaters. So be on the lookout for updates on that as well if you pre-order. NSYNC posted a new filter on Instagram, and it does have some Easter eggs. So there's a present in the corner where the lid opens and closes, and the one that has everyone freaking out, which I'm like, how do you even think about doing this, like I wouldn't have thought to interact with this, is if you press the calendar, it moves. So it begins starting in November. And so December, it has Christmas marked on the calendar. Then it goes to January and has January 17th marked, which is the anniversary of when Bye 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 was released. Then it flips to March and has March 21st for no strings attached. But the final date that's marked, so after March, if you click it again, it goes to May, and it goes to May 16th. And that's where people are starting to get confused. It's a Thursday, so that's not normally when they drop music. And May 15th was when Pop was released as a single, so I don't know if they got the date wrong or if this is something that holds new meaning. So I guess we'll see as we get closer to May. We'll have to find I'm definitely interested in seeing all the different theories on it, and we'll find out if any of those are correct at some point. In Justin News, the new version of 3D featuring Justin came out on Black Friday. I love it. There's a lot of people, even in the K-pop world, they're like, this is the best version we have heard. We, We wish this was the single that had been released. So love it. And yeah, add it to your mix of streaming. I guess <laughs> love it. And Chris news. So Carly turned 40 on Thanksgiving. So happy belated birthday to Carly. I didn't realize I'm about six months older than her. Chris did a video today. So this is Monday at the request of Tony Luca for an MMC reunion that's happening in Nashville coming up on December 10th. The funds raised are going to Music Cares. Tony is hosting as the original 1989 MMC cast does their MMC Christmas album. And I love how they all help each other promote things and that Tony could have had 
anybody do a video or something to promote it. And he asked Chris. So I love that. They're all in Nashville and helping each other hanging out and all that. So I love it. Joey and Izzy were in New York City for Thanksgiving, getting a front row seat to the parade and Joey even making it on TV for a shot of the crowd. Although why no one bothered to look in the crowd and do a quick hi is beyond me. So yeah, I feel like that was a missed opportunity by NBC. Then Joey and Izzy were at the Jets and Patriots game yesterday, continuing their stay in and around the Big Apple. They also posted a picture of them with some friends outside of Ambra, which is an Italian restaurant that was where the guys all had dinner after their VMA performance back in September. So must be a good place if they are repeat visitors to that restaurant. Lance posted today that the twins have started preschool and they looked so precious. Alexander was so excited. I love it. So hopefully they had fun. And JC has just been creeping on people's stories. I can't tell you how many different group chats people have been like, oh my gosh, like he saw it. And it kind of makes me sad because the only time that I've had that happen recently, I was on an account that I don't use very much. So I'm like, is that what it's like? There's part of me that's like, I want to tag them in stuff on the podcast account, but I'm like, I don't feel like they see it when I do it from the podcast account. But if I do it from other accounts that I do, but it, yeah, <laughs> I feel like these guys are making me need to get some therapy. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> we will move on to the main segment of our show today, our author spotlight with Anissa Garcia. All right, I am joined by Anissa back again to talk more. So this time we're going to talk about your books that you have coming out. So excited to talk about this. Yay, thank you so much for having me back. I really enjoyed it last time you let me talk a whole bunch. So we'll see how it goes today. <laughs> Try not to talk your ear off too much. <laughs> so from the last time we talked, you had been talking about how back in the day, like you were like wanting to get into being more in like the entertainment business as far as being like, I want to be like them kind of thing, but not really know. And you'd said that you worked for a casting agency. So how did that lead you to writing books? So I guess, you know, it's funny that I, I kind of landed into that without ever really planning to land into being a writer. It was one of those things that I always loved to do. And I never really saw it as something that I would end up doing. You know, it when I was a kid, I just always used to I mean, it started with like, when I was like, five or six, my parents bought me a tape recorder, and I would, mm -hmm. I would tell stories on there. And it was usually like about Barbie. <laughs> and I would, <laughs> yeah, I would tell stories about Barbie and Ken. And Barbie was always the hero. It was very much kind of almost like the movie where it was like the whole world was about Barbie and Ken was like an accessory. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. So yeah, so it was always like, you know, Barbie was the hero of the day or whatever. And so I was always telling stories like that. And I think a lot of really a lot of acting is a lot of storytelling. You're just you're telling the truth of the character that you're playing, but you're also involved in a in a bigger story. And so I think just loving movies so much, watching 
and studying movies so much, I had a feel of what plots are about, what drives the film, what drives the characters. And even just like growing up, you know, when I was maybe about I don't know, 15, 16, or even like before that, I was writing a bunch of letters to pen pals in the MMC pen pal circle, right? So Mm -hmm. I spent a lot of my time writing. They were just writing letters, you know? And and so I was always writing. And then I started writing actually like fanfic, which wasn't, you know, really Mickey Mouse Club fan fiction. Like basically I was pairing up the Mouseketeers and writing their stories. Oh, that's so fun. So were you I writing would, about JC? You know, I was. I, I think I wrote one oh. where it was like JC and Tony were the main characters. And then like they were dating some of the girls. I think it was like Carrie and maybe I wrote Jennifer. I can't remember exactly which Mickey Mouse Club <laughs> members there were. But like I would write the different ones. I would write one like I remember. And I know a lot of people probably won't know all of the Mickey Mouse Club members. But you mm-hmm. know, I was writing like Alana and Mark. And they okay, had their yeah. own story. <laughs> or like I was writing. You know, That's I was a comparing. comparing actually. I was was writing like different kind of scenarios, just like stories and, you know, just kind of like how you would watch maybe Emerald Cove, like Emerald Cove is their little soap opera in the Mickey Mouse Club. You know, like I would, I would pair them up and I would write stories, whether it was just, you know, them be actually being Mouseketeers on set and then being, you know, like matching up or whatever, or I would make like a mystery or a drama or, you know, (laughs) and I would write all these stories. I would stay up so late all night, like just writing and putting them in a binder and just like hiding them under my bed. And so I was just always writing and I, but I never thought to myself, like, I want to be a writer. I was always thinking of like, I want to be an actor, you know? Yeah. It wasn't something that I really thought of. And then I went when I went to college, I didn't necessarily want to go into acting as a... As a major. Yeah, because I just thought, well, a lot of times you'll just end up becoming an an acting teacher. And I wanted a little bit more of a broad of availableness to me because I liked so many things. It was like, I was kind of like one of those like people that just liked a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. And, and so I, you know, I was like, well, what am I going to do? You know, and, and I don't want to be, you know, just, just an actor. I want to learn other stuff too. And so I ended up going into communications because I tried everything else and I was kind of like not really interested in it. I, was, I mean, I was good at it, but I wasn't interested in it. It was like, mm-hmm. I was good at biology and I was like, well, I don't want to be like I was going to go into microbiology and I was like, well, I don't want to work with diseases. <laughs> you know? So yeah. it's kind of like, well, what could I do that, you know, that kind of fit me and communications kind of just seemed like an all over type of major. It was like a little bit of marketing, a little bit of advertising, a little bit of journalism, media, organizational skills, management skills, things like that. And so that was my major. And then I had an English second major. And I don't remember if I went through all the way with the second major or I just got it as a minor. I can't quite remember, but, but I was always good at writing stories. I just always liked it. And then right out of college, my first job after, well, I had a job, part-time job as a manager of a, like paint your own pottery place. Okay. And so, yeah. So I did that for a while while I was looking for like a, you know, a career. And then my first job was 
as a PR manager for Barnes and Noble. So there Interesting. Was, yeah. So there I was around books again. And so like, or not again, but like, just kind of like without knowing that one day I would be writing books, I was yeah. around, I was around them and I, I liked to read and I liked to write. And I would always think to myself like, man, that would be so cool to like write a book. I could never write a book. Like I could never have a book up on a shelf like this. And it, it just, it's because it seemed so like not fathomable to me. Like I was just like, well, how are you going to yeah. find an, how do you find an agent and how do you get good enough to like be able to write something that people are going to want to read and stuff like that. So I just kind of never thought of it as a possibility in my head. I, to me, I was just always like, even though I was working with and around books, I was writing, I still was writing for myself, just like little stories, but mm -hmm. I, I never let anybody read them. I never, you know, wanted to like even try to even go into that but but I still had acting on the brain so I stayed you know at Barnes and Noble for a while and I saved up money and then I eventually went to LA to go to acting school because that still was the thing that I wanted to do but even in acting school like when they would ask us they would say like okay well you have to come up with a backstory for your character write a 10 page biography or whatever and I would come uh -huh. back with like a 50 page biography about my character and their whole life. And like the acting teachers would kind of be like, okay, like we didn't ask for this big book about your character. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, you didn't want to know what happened when she was 15 and this happened to her? Like, you know, <laughs> they'd kind of be like, okay, that's kind of crazy. We didn't ask for that. You didn't need to go with that in detail. But, you know, like I said, I just always was a writer without realizing mm -hmm. that I was a writer. <laughs> so that's kind of where I, you know, started realizing a little bit of, well, not even then, but just like kind of looking back on it being like, man, yeah, like I was, I was writing for a long time and I didn't even realize it. You know, It's funny that you mentioned Barnes and Noble. So my husband was working in our local Barnes and Noble in the warehouse oh. and super creative guy. Like he's really good at art and like drawing particularly and things and like has, has ideas for board games and different things. And, but his problem is just getting them to completion as far as like we still have a canvas with a pencil drawing of a carousel horse that was supposed to be for my mother-in-law five years ago for Christmas, and it's still unfinished in our office. <laughs> so, like, Aww. that's that's kind of the kind of thing as far as, like, he'll start, but then he'll feel a pull towards something else creatively mm -hmm. and things like that and so when he was working at Barnes and Noble like he got to know kind of the process and was like I want to write a book like and and like that's something that I want to be able to finish and he's actually in the process of getting his first book approved to be released oh that's amazing so that's... I'm like it's really interesting that you had kind of a start in at Barnes and Noble yeah, and yeah. Also, <laughs> so that's a small like, world, man. I mean, the is. way it's connected, you know, kind of like stories kind of start off, you know, similarly. And I mean, that's, that's fabulous. I, I honestly haven't tried to like get my books 
uh, to like a, a publisher or an agent or anything like that. I've, I've done it all on my own. Um, mm-hmm. But that's not to say maybe in the future I'd want to. Yeah, he's, he's doing it through the Barnes and Noble Press. Oh, so gotcha. It's, so it's, yeah, so it's still technically indie, indie, even yeah. though it's also technically Barnes and Noble as far as they are like the exclusive person to print it for right now. Yeah, it's kind of, mm-hmm. I guess there's after a certain time frame, he can have it go like on Amazon and things like that and like sell them in other bookstores gotcha. but for yeah. like right now they can either do it on Barnes and Noble and like order through his site there or mm-hmm. he can get copies made and take them to like the local Barnes and Noble stores and gotcha. sell copies there that's great and you know that's the hardest part I think for a lot of people is the follow-through because you know so many people start projects and then they don't like they don't continue with it or they don't follow through mm-hmm. or they just stop themselves and they start to feel like they have to like have it perfected before before they can do more and so a lot of times it's just getting it out there with flaws and all and just yeah. trying you know just doing it because a lot of times people hold themselves back and because it's not quote unquote like perfect enough or good enough or mm-hmm. you know and so like for me a lot of that happened for a while and it was just a matter of you know what just do it like just just get it out there somebody's going to have an appreciation for it eventually somehow mm-hmm. hopefully you know and if that's what it's meant to you're meant to do you know like it'll come through and people will start to you know appreciate the the art it just it takes a bit it's hard to find like the audience and it's hard to you know to just get started and finish something you know yeah. <laughs> that's like the hardest part is finishing something I've started so many books and then left them undone and I just I need to go back and just finish them you know <laughs> it's like uh-huh. I just need to go back and do it but yeah that's great that he that he's done it because you know it's like I said, that's that's the hardest part is finishing. So yeah. that's great. Yeah, yeah. He's like, I want to be able to say that I've actually finished a project that I did, and even then, that's book one. I think of like six. Oh, yeah. So he's he's got like the first three kind of set up, mm-hmm. and then now he's working on getting the kind of the back half. But uh, I don't know what um what genre is it or what kind of science fiction oh okay yeah those are fun those are really cool i just i wish i had the creativeness for science fiction because i'm like always just so in awe of the creativity that science fiction takes right right (laughs) it's kind of the creation of a new world Mm -hmm. and like so there is definitely a lot of creativity and i feel bad because i'm like it's like he he gave me one of the proofs or not the proof but like the beta reader version and he's like i want you to read this i'm like give me your opinion and i'm like science fiction is so not my thing (laughs) and i'm just like it's taking me forever because i'm trying to make sure that i'm getting the details and he's like and so i'm asking him these questions like no you're supposed to be confused on that because that'll get (laughs) answered in another book like okay I'm like, that's really hard for me. I'm like, that's good. That could frustrate some of your readers as far as things like that. Be like, yeah. okay, wait, what's going on? But I mean, maybe in a good way. So yeah, it's tough because, you know, especially when you've planned out certain answers to come out later, you know, and people want to know <laughs> yes. to kind of hold back and, you know, but yeah, you know, it's, and it's tough too. Like, I mean, it happens kind of in every genre where you'll give a book to someone and they'll take a long time to read it or whatever and you kind of want the feedback but you also have to know that some people are just they're busy they can't get to it or mm-hmm. you know the, your timeline is not their timeline and and so it, it is a lot of you know having patience <laughs> you know especially when it comes to like other people and I think like deadlines 
become very important too. Because for me, I when I first released my books, I had set deadlines and I would set those deadlines for myself and I would get so stressed to make sure that I followed those deadlines. And I felt like I didn't really quite put out the work that I was ready to put out or I cared too much about the market and what people wanted. Mm-hmm. And I felt like by the time I released my third book, I was really just I had really fallen into the trap of caring about what people wanted, what would sell and what what you wanted to write. Yeah. And what was in and what was expected. And so like, then I started getting pressured, like I felt a lot of pressure because that industry, you know, my books are romance. And especially in the indie romance world at the time that it was that I was releasing, it was very much about getting the next book out as quickly as possible and getting the algorithm set up where Amazon would put you first on the list so people could see you. And the more that you put out, the more often you would get a spot in the front. And then it was Mm -hmm. more about sales and what was the marketing going to be and how much were you spending on the marketing. And just so much of that was like such a hectic pace that I got really pressured. And like, I felt very pressured and I felt very burnt out. Like I was just like, this isn't fun for me anymore. And by, by the time I had released the third book, I was like, I was going in a direction that I just didn't want to really be going in. And I was like, you know, from the beginning, I kind of wavered from what I truly really wanted to do. And I let it get to me. And I, it wasn't, even though I enjoyed and loved my characters and I liked the work that I did, I felt it wasn't true, fully true of myself. Mm -hmm. And I found myself going in a direction that I just didn't really want to go in. And so in 2019, I I took my books off the market. And yeah, that was really, really hard for me. You know, so it's now that it's like, it's taken me since 2019 to decide actually if I even wanted to put those books back up, mm-hmm. um, if I wanted to spend the time fixing those three books or writing something new. So it it was a process and it wasn't maybe until around sometime in 2020 that I decided, no, you know what, like I want these books out again. I just want to fix them to be what something that would be better than what I originally released, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So kind of take us on that timeline as far as how everything started for that series, like where the idea came from and like kind of how long it took you from having that first idea to getting that first book out and kind of all of that. Hmm. Well, gosh, where to start? So I guess around maybe 2012, 2013, I was, I had come home from LA. I wasn't really quite sure what I was doing with my life. You know, like I, I left the whole acting world behind the casting world behind I was you know casting commercials in LA and stuff like that and I just like I came, when I came home it was kind of like a broken dream like I was like that's all I had wanted to do my entire life was be an actor whether it was like you know a character actor or just you know like I never expected to get famous or anything like hugely uh-huh. famous I just thought I was going to be somebody who would you know have recurring roles and the background and or be like a side person like an extra I would have been happy with like being the best friend you know (laughs) like Mm -hmm. they always had the better roles anyway but you know like I I came home and it was kind of like I knew it was time to come home 
but at the same time I was like, well, what do I do now with myself? Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't really know what to do. And so it was a little bit of a, like a lost feeling, you know, and, and just not certain what to do. And, and I just, you know, started kind of, you know, getting together with girls for book clubs, you know, friends for book clubs and things like that. And we would talk about books that we read. And a lot of times they were like Pride and Prejudice spinoffs. <laughs> like we were big okay. Pride and Prejudice fans. And so like a bunch of us would meet, you know, on Saturdays, like once a month and talk about like, you know, it, it was almost like Pride and Prejudice fanfic that got published, okay. you know, so it was like, what happens after they get married? Or what happens if, you know, she decided to marry Mr. Wickham instead of Mr. Darcy or whatever, you know, just stuff like that. We would read different interpretations of Pride and Prejudice. And it, it was really fun. And then at around the, that time, a little book series started getting some buzz. And it hadn't been published yet, but it was out kind of like making its rounds as a Twilight fan fiction. And okay. it was Fifty Shades of Grey. And you know, that's what I've heard is that it was Twilight fan fiction. And I'm like, having never read either Twilight or Fifty Shades, I'm like, wait, how? Wait, yeah. what? <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it interesting. Was- yeah. And, um, and it was kind of like just taking the characters out of the Twilight world and making them actual just real characters, like like real people, not vampires or anything like that, you know? I, when I first read it, I didn't know what I was getting myself into. Like, I just didn't know what it was about. I didn't know anything. It was just somebody saying, hey, have you heard about this book? Like, you know, and, and I started reading and I was like, what is this? And I thought, oh, okay, it's a romance, you know? And so I started like reading a little more and then I was like, whoa, <laughs> this is a dark romance. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it was, you know, like a little different, but I told my friends about it in the book club and every time we would get together, another person would have read the book and it just became talking about this book series. And I was like, oh my gosh, like this book series is gonna, I have a feeling this book series is gonna blow up. And, you know, like I said, I was in casting, but I always kind of had an eye for like things that would either make it or people that would make it or things that were kind of like on the buzz, like on the brink of getting big. And I just knew that this book series was going to be big. Like, and and I was just like, this is going to be, I told them, I was like, this is going to be a movie. This is going to have to be a movie because I have a feeling this is going to get really huge. And we were talking, I, I said, if this is going to be a movie, who would you cast as the main guy? And who would you cast as the girl? Mm-hmm. And so we would, we would start posting pictures on each other's Facebook pages. Like, I see this guy as... Christian Grey, or I see this guy, right? So I was like, well, okay, let me let me make a Facebook page where we could just all talk about who we like, you know, like as actors for this mm-hmm. book series. So I made this, I made this page and on Facebook, and then soon after the books were released and they just exploded. And mm-hmm. so my little page that I had made for my book club became quickly a growing, huge viral page that oh my gosh. blew up to like half a million followers. So I had like over 500,000 people that I was like, okay, I'm talking about guys who they see as Christian Grey, like, what am I going to do with this page? Yeah, (laughs) I really didn't know what to do with it. I had a couple of people who wanted to help me out with it. And Mm -hmm. they ended up, of course, taking advantage and making money behind my back without telling me. Oh, wow. Granted, I was like, isn't there a way we could monetize this? Because, you know, I don't have a job. 
I don't have money. I have this old dinosaur computer that my brother-in-law built me. I didn't have like a laptop, nothing. And I was trying to like find a way to monetize this. And there was a friend who was helping me from my book club. And she was like, oh yeah, like, no, there's really no way to monetize. And yet she would post for me and she would be getting money from the affiliate links on there and making making money because I didn't know. I didn't know like Uh. what to do. So eventually I I had moved to Austin. I was living in South Texas at the time. And then I moved to Austin and I had met this woman who worked for an author. And she, like a lot of authors had started reaching out to me and like assistants of authors. And they were like, well, can you post my book up? And they would ask me like, can you post my book up? Can you post my book up? Can you post my book up? Do you want to read my book? And so I kind of started becoming like a book reviewer, book blogger without really realizing that that's what I was doing. But in that, I helped a lot of like indie authors who wouldn't get the chance to promote their work anywhere else. Mm -hmm. I was giving them a platform to promote their books on. And, you know, this friend that I met, she was, you know, working for an author. She said, you know, this girl that's on here, she's using affiliate links to make money. Because she asked me, she was like, well, are you making any money? And I said, well, no, I don't know how. Mm-hmm. She was like, well, do you know this girl that's helping you? She's got affiliate links on there. So she's making money. And I was like, oh my God, like she's been making money the past year telling me she's not. And when I confronted her, you know, she eventually was like, well, yeah, I was making money. I always planned to give you some. And I'm like, no, you didn't. <laughs> like, otherwise yeah. you would have given it to me. Right. Uh, so she kind of felt bad about it when I confronted her and she gave me like half of what she earned, but that was enough to help me purchase a cheapy laptop. And so I was able to purchase a laptop that worked that had like Microsoft office on there to yeah. help me, you know, cause I was like writing my stories by hand, you know, like I was just writing oh, wow. stories and stuff yeah. by hand. Like I didn't have anything to write on. So I relieved her of her duty <laughs> helping me on that page <laughs> to say the least. And this other girl started kind of helping me where she was like, well, you should set up a newsletter subscription and you should, you know, offer spots for people to promote their works up here. And, you know, you're doing them a service and you have this big, you know, this big platform, you should be promoting people. And so, you know, slowly I started doing that, I started going to like book events and helping authors get spots on my page to promote their work. Mm -hmm. So through that, I started getting to know a bunch of different authors. And meanwhile, I just kind of to myself was always like, I really want to write a book. You know, (laughs) I was like, I write all these stories for myself, but I really want to write a book, you know, and my friend was like, well, then why don't you write a book? And I was like, well, I don't know what to do. You know, like, and she was like, well, I'll I'll see what I can do and I can help you. You know, and she was like, we can find a cover artist. We can find an editor. We can find, you know, we can find it out. We can look. And so in that, I just kind of started, I had always had in mind like this story of like a famous person and a regular person meeting, you know? Uh And because I was always like in acting and stuff like that, you know, I was always like meeting famous people. So I was like, well, I kind of know that world. I know the acting world. That would be easy for me to understand. And I was like, well, you know, how can I, how can I set this up? So around, I think it was maybe 2014, I started writing my book. And it was kind of like about a story about a girl who, you know, meets this a guy who's kind of like, you know, the average American typical guy, It's except he's a movie star. And he's filming a movie in Austin. And then there's this other co-star. And he is the type of guy that 
she should be with versus the type of guy that she gets along better with. So it was kind of like a, a love triangle type of thing. Mm. And it took me maybe like, I don't know, like two years to write it. And I was trying to get everything ready, like trying to find like a cover artist, trying to figure out what I was going to call it and trying to, you know, figure out the plot of the story and just kind of writing whatever I wanted. And the girl that was reading it for me, she would, that she worked for an author, she would tell me like, yeah, it's good. And I'd be like, yeah, but I don't, I don't know. Like, why is my character doing this? I don't know. Maybe I should change that. And like, mm -hmm. it was kind of like I was, I was trying to figure out the story for myself. And yet I knew what the problems were with the script, yet I didn't trust myself enough to fix them. And uh -huh. so I'd be like, why is this girl just going to run away from her problem instead of sitting there and talking to him about it? You know? <laughs> and she's like, well, it creates more drama that way. And I'm like, yeah, but really, if they would just sit down and talk about it, it would, you know, right. it, would, it, it would be better, you know, like instead of her running away or whatever. And so eventually I finished the book and she said, let me get my author, the one that I work for, let me have her read it and she can help you and guide you and see what, see what she thinks, right? See what she thinks about it. This author was a Wall Street Journal best new bestseller, like number one, New York Times oh, wow. bestselling author, <laughs> you know, and she read it and she got hopped on a Zoom call with me because she was in Austin too, but like another part of Austin. Mm -hmm. And I was already getting ready to like release my book. Like I was gonna getting the cover ready. I was getting this release date ready. I was getting like my website ready and all this stuff, right? And she zooms in with me and she's like, okay, first of all, she's like, I hate, you know, I hate the um, love triangles. <laughs> she's like, I hate them. I was like, yeah, I really don't like them either. <laughs> you know, because I was kind of like, well, what, what's the, what's, you know, what's the plot gonna be, right? But she was like, she was like telling me her reasons why. And then she was like, you're also creating drama for the sake of drama. If she would just sit and talk with her character, everything would be handled. But you're making more drama just to make drama that could be handled in a different way. Don't take the easy way out. Have them really figure it out, you know? Mm. And I was like, oh, okay, that makes sense. And then she was just like, the thing that really struck me at that point was because like, I had taken English classes, I had taken writing classes and things like that. But nobody ever explained it to me in a way how she explained it was, she was like, you need a goal, a motivation and a conflict for every one of your characters. Once you figure that out, you've got it set. And at that time, it clicked for me instantly. I was like, oh my gosh, this is everything I learned in acting school. And I was like, and it's funny because before, like when I came home from acting school, I was like, oh my gosh, like I just spent so much money on this acting school and I didn't even use it. Like <clears throat> I was just like, oh my gosh, like I spent so much money, so much time, Little did so you much know. effort. Yeah. Like I was like, why did I even go to this school? It was such a waste. I made a mistake why did I do it? You know, like, and it was just all this, like, like this downing of myself always thinking like, you made a mistake, and you shouldn't have done it. And you knew better. And why did you think you could go to LA and do this and all this stuff, you know, and the whole time it was just prepping me for something yeah. dif different, you know, because in character development, you always need to know what's the goal of your character, what what drives them to want to get to that goal. And what are the things in the way of letting them achieve those things? And I was just like, as soon as she told me that it clicked into place and I was like, oh my God, I was like, I, I know what I need to do now. And as soon as that phone call ended, I talked to my friend and I was like, I'm going to have to rewrite the entire book, aren't I? <laughs> Mm -hmm. And she was like, look, 
you don't have to. You can release it and release it at a level that's here. When, you know, she made like a sign like, okay, you can release it at this level or you can rewrite it and release it at a higher level. Which mm -hmm. do you want to, which do you want to do? That's up to you. Yeah. And, and at that point, I was like, the two years of work that I had worked on was like instantly, like I threw it out. Like I was just like, nope, I threw it out. And it was going to be one whole book with other characters on the side. But when I threw it out, it was... It was good to have spent like that. I don't feel like that went to waste because I felt like in that two years, I got to know, like really, really know my characters mm -hmm. and who they were. So when I decided, okay, like I'm going to change this up, I still knew my characters enough and well enough to write it a little bit faster than what I would have needed to do spending those two years on those characters. So mm -hmm. I, I instantly was like, okay, I'm going to rewrite this. I'm going to make it that this happened, that this happened, that this happened. And as I started writing them, I realized I was like, these other side characters need their books too. Uh -huh. So it became from like, instead of one long book, it became a series of three with each of the side characters getting their own books as well. Mm -hmm. And it turned out way better than I would have imagined and hoped which was all due to the fact that this woman whom God bless her, you know, she's wonderful. She spent that time with me to help me hone that story and be like, look, this is what you wanted. And like, she didn't tell me exactly what to do, but she guided me yeah. with that advice. And I was like, okay, boom, I know what I need to do. Now, when I started writing it though, I really did want to write like a closed door, sweet romance where sex was not, you know, described <laughs> fully uh -huh. because I wanted anybody and everybody to be able to read them. But at the time, because of the genre, like that was popular at that time and the trope that was popular, it was, it was uh -huh. all like sex fueled. Like it was just erotic romance, steamy yeah. romance, all that was very, very prevalent at that time. And I was the type of person that was like, I don't really want to write that. Like I would rather have it closed door, but everybody was like, it's not going to sell. You won't sell because that's just not in right now. And and so I was like, okay, all right, I'll write it. <laughs> so I, you know, I, I included it in the first book and then I released it and it did pretty well. It didn't do as well because like, as it could have probably, because I was very, I don't know, like I, I'm very about ethics and I don't want to have anything be a conflict of interest. And uh -huh. so as I was promoting other people's books on my page, my big page, uh -huh. I did not feel right promoting my own books on that page. So I didn't really, you know, utilize those 500,000 followers to promote yeah. myself <laughs> the way I could have because I was, I don't know, I just didn't feel right. I was like, I, I don't want to constantly be putting my stuff out if I can help promote somebody else's book. So in that way, I think I probably was a little too, I guess, held back in utilizing that platform. And so I just, I did okay. I, I didn't do great, but it wasn't like I was expecting to be like, I don't know, a bestseller or hit lists or anything like that. I, mm -hmm. I just didn't really, because I, I kind of started after the whole thing started off in popularity. It took me some time. If I had maybe started like an, around the same time, like maybe 2013, 2014, I probably would have hit a little bit better, but because it took me so much time, it was, I was already in the midst of it mm -hmm. and so it didn't like explode or anything like that but soon after I was asked to be in an anthology 
with a bunch of authors that were going to charity. Like the book was an anthology going to charity and it was only up for a short time and they were very sexy, sexy stories. So in that, you know, I started writing. I, I did a short story there and then I released my second book in the series and then I released another short story in an anthology and it was even naughtier. And then as I got to the third book, I got really naughty. And then there was a last, a last one, like a last anthology that I was a part of. So I, I released, I had released three three novels and three short stories. Uh But each one kind of got steamier and steamier and steamier. And it kind of got in a direction that I just, I, I didn't quite feel good about for myself, you know, like, and it's not to say that, you know, I'm not like, I mean, I read it, I don't care if anybody else reads it or not. It was just for me, if I wanted my grandmother to read it, or my niece got a hold of it, or something like that, I wanted it to be something that any and everybody could read. And I just felt at that time that it was of anytime somebody would ask me like, hey, like, can I read your book? I would kind of give him a little bit of a like a warning. I'd be like, mm-hmm. okay, well, it's really, really like steamy. So make sure your kids don't grab it or make sure, you know, like you, you're aware if you don't like reading that kind of stuff, like, yeah. you know, and so I would always kind of have to give a precaution, you know what I mean? Like, and, and I just, I got to the point in my, in myself where I was like, this isn't really kind of what I want out there. And, and I just wanted at that point too, to kind of make the writing a little bit better in terms of what I was releasing because I felt I was releasing them too quickly to Uh where I was like just trying to get to the next book, the next book, the next book, the next book. So when I released the third book, I was already gaining a following. I was already gaining a readership. People were like, what's next? What's next? I want the next one. And I was like, uh, I don't know. Like, you know, yeah. like I kind of started getting nervous. I got a little bit of writer's block and and I wasn't quite sure of what I wanted to do. It was kind of like I was trying to understand myself and what I wanted of myself. And, mm-hmm. and I just got a little burnt you know, like burnt out because I was like, I'm I'm trying to release these books so quickly and I'm just not that type of author. I cannot do that. My my characters are very, very like I put a lot of thought into them and I make mm-hmm. them to where they feel real and like to me. And if they don't feel real to me, I can't connect with them. And if I can't connect with them and write a story that people are gonna care about quick, like too quickly is is not my style. I just can't do it. Mm-hmm. And I, I have to give it a lot of thought. And so, you know, um, if I think about it, like this first book I started in 2014, it's almost 2024 and I'm barely starting, I'm barely gonna re-release it. So it's been a journey of about 10 years with this first book. So yeah, it's, it's been a process, you know, and, and as far as like, you know, the, the thought goes or whatever, like when I really just started to hone in on, on what I wanted the story to be or how I came up with the process, I was just like, I would really love it if somebody moved in next door and they were a famous person and the girl had to like manage the property. And she was somebody who would not allow herself to fall for somebody, no matter how handsome they were like, mm-hmm. or how famous they were or how attractive they were or like how nice they seemed because people can change on a dime. So what would create somebody to be that cautious around somebody who seemed to have it all Mm -hmm. and was quote unquote, the perfect person? What would create somebody to be so cautious around somebody who's irresistible, (laughs) you know? So Mm -hmm. that was kind of like my, my thought of it. And just in creating that world uh, around that person, I was able to create a series from their other like their friends and the people who worked with them and stuff like that so so yeah sorry that was a long 
<laughs> no, but as you were talking, there's parts of it that I know I struggle with as far as with fanfic. So I I went to the website that I use for my fanfic. So my first story, now granted, I had written almost all of it, if not in its entirety before I posted it, and then just did it in chunks. Mm -hmm. But so I started November 1st, 2020. And I am in the middle of my 24th different story. So some of them wow. are some of them are shorts. Mm -hmm. There's two that have over 100, 150 chapters. Now, mm -hmm. mind, mind you, each chapter is like 3000 words or less mm -hmm. average. So not That's about average for a, a chapter. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Definitely feeling that as far as like, cause there would be people that would message me and be like, Hey, like what's going, like what's happening? Like, are you playing? Like there are whole sequels or branches of stories that I wrote just because someone was like, well, have you thought about it from this angle? Or I would like to see a sequel. And it was just like, well, I, I like these characters, so I might as well. Mm -hmm. And so kind of connecting as far as the like what happens next and feeling kind of that pressure to to keep going based on the people that you're writing for. So but yeah, there there are times where I feel like I have to change things up just so that I'm not writing the same love scene over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. But at the same time being like, OK, but do I really think that this would happen in real life? Right. Thing. So it's just trying to walk that line of, okay, is this really true to the, the people that I'm writing this about? Or am I doing this just because I think that that's what the readers want to read? Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, you have to kind of be truthful to what you feel to the character. So if you have that in mind of their goal, who they are and what they're trying to achieve and why they're trying to achieve it, speaking out that truth of that character is going to be maybe different than what they're expecting which it's not always going to make the reader happy, but in the end, it's what the truth is to your character that you're writing. And sometimes you can feel like it's going to go one way and it ends up turning out another way and you didn't think it was going to go that way. And so it's it's a hit or miss, you know, sometimes you could write something and it's just not vibing. And, you know, I've had times where I've started a, started a story and wrote it in the first person character's point of view and somebody will be like i'll let somebody read it and they'll be like she's too in her head it's too much like about her you know uh -huh. uh, and i don't like that or whatever and i'm like yeah but this is a woman's fiction it's not a romance so it is going to be in the woman's head you yeah. know like it, it is going to be singular her thinking because it is different from like a contemporary romance you know, and then there's also the difference of, you know, I, I wrote my first one and released it in 2016, June of 2016. And then I released the second one right away in November of 2016. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's not a lot of time. And I wrote it instead, like I wrote the first one in third person. So it was like he, she, mm -hmm. you know, they, them. And then everybody was like, well, I, I really like first person instead. Mm everybody wanted first person and so the second one i changed it and i did it in first person and i would do a chapter with the girl character and then one chapter in the point of view of the guy's character mm -hmm. and i did the same for the third one the third one i released in like i released the second one in november of 2016 and then i released the third one in may of 2017. Okay. so i it yeah. was very fast wow and yeah and that third one or maybe it was july i can't remember maybe a 
it was July. And that one was also in first person, but I had started out in third person. Yeah. So I wanted to go back also and change that because I was like, well, you know, I really, I really should have kept them uniform yeah. if they were, if they were a series. And so I wanted to fix that. And, you know, like I said, too, I, a lot of people told me like, well, it won't sell unless there's sex in it. So I put more and more and more. And by the time the third one was out, it was just like, it was too much. Like, I was just like, even for me, I was like, this is a lot. Like, I really shouldn't be writing them to do this much, you know, and, and this, you know, in this much detail. And I didn't want them to go that route. So it, it was a, a matter of trying to figure out like, well, what's, what's my truth also? Because there is the truth of telling who these characters are. Are. And these characters, like every character has to be different. Otherwise, you're writing the same story again and again. Yeah. And, and, and that's what, you know, I had to tell somebody like, because, you know, let's say like my sister, for instance, she's very, she's very religious conservative. And she was like, they shouldn't, they shouldn't be together at all. Like they should wait till marriage. And I'm like, that's just not really feasible. Like I just, you know, you can maybe if you're going to go into Christian fiction writing, but yeah. I'm not, I'm not going into Christian fiction writing. I'm, I want it to be relatable, you know, and if I want it to be relatable, not everybody is going to wait. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's just the way it is, you know, like, and it's the case for my characters that none of them have really waited. And, but the way that they handle certain things is different, you know? So yeah, where I was like, okay, well, let's say these two characters in the first one wait, they don't wait. The other two characters don't in the second one or the third one. Just like in the first one, I would consider maybe the guy coming from a Christian household, whereas the second one, the guy is a Catholic, you know, like, uh -huh. and I do sprinkle in bits of faith in it because bits of faith are a part of my life. Yeah, I'm, I mean, actually, I like, I'm very about my faith. It's very important to me. But and I want that element in there. But I don't want anything to ever feel preachy to anybody yeah. oh, exactly. you know like yeah and I don't I wouldn't want that in there but faith is a part of everyday life for anybody whether it's you know whatever type of faith they believe in is yeah. their faith it's just like you know like I said in the first one he might be a Christian in the second one the guy is a Catholic in the third one, the guy's an atheist, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. it's, it's all different, but none of them are ever going to be preached to, or even like, it might not even be talked about, you know, like, but that's me knowing my characters, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, it's something like, okay, like, I know what my character had for breakfast, like, what, what kind of character is that person? What kind of character is she? What kind of food does she like? What kind uh -huh. of, you know, what's her, what's her pattern like? What are her family like? You know, like, what kind of a person is she? And you can't make your characters all be the same. And of course, granted, there's always going to be a part of you in your characters because you're the one writing them, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So there has to be a little bit of you in every character you write. But you also have to remember that you are looking at different types of people and wanting to tell their story in different types of ways. And yeah. it won't, it won't be interesting if you keep writing everybody the same. So, yeah. you know, I was worried about that. I was like, well, maybe my first two female characters are too much alike, or maybe they're not relatable, or maybe, you know, the guys are too goody goody, or maybe, you know, whatever like doubts I had about that, I kind of just tweaked them a little bit, like when I was rewriting them so that they could be a little more relatable, or they could feel a little more realistic, or mm -hmm. the scenarios they go through are a little bit easier to comprehend, even though it's like, and you know, most romances. I've read about like a movie star and an act 
you know, a, a normal person. It's like they always have to deal with like, oh, like, you know, is he cheating on me? Or, oh, uh, the paparazzi or, oh, like, is this true? These gossip mills and things like that. And I was like, I want to write it a little differently than that. Mm -hmm. And I think I think that surprised people too, because it's not the fame is not the main conflict. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like That's not the conflict in the book. You know, yeah. it's not about, oh, we need to get away from the paparazzi or, oh, they're writing stories about us. Is that true? And, you know, it's it's not really about that because I, I knew I was around enough actors to see that they could totally live under the radar yeah. and have normal lives and be out of the spotlight. They they weren't always, always in the spotlight. You yeah. know, if they if they wanted to go radio silent, they could. Um, mm -hmm. It's just a matter of making it work. And, and so I think like a lot of times, a lot of people do read books about, you know, actors and stuff or, you know, musicians, favorite you know, famous musicians, and it's always like a, a problem or an issue. And you know, it can be like, and it's a little bit sprinkled throughout like, hey, we came out in a magazine, you know, or whatever. Yeah. But it's not the main, you know, thing that drives them apart or yeah, gets in the way or anything like that. So and it's just a matter of coming up with a good story with good characters, because even if there's not a whole lot going on, if your characters are well developed, people will care about them. So, um, you know, even if the, the plot isn't a whole lot of like, you know, crazy things go going on, <laughs> you know, if they're well developed, then people will care. I know for me with my stories, so was talking with someone that was also writing on the page and like telling her like ideas that I had as far as things that I wanted to accomplish as an author, just in general. And I remember one of those was I had wanted to write a story where the main character dies yeah. and like how that affects like the rest of the rest of the characters. And so I had written. So I so most of my fanfic is Justin because he was my favorite still still is. Aww. But part of me was like I was afraid to write JC because I didn't feel like I really knew him like to me. He was like this unknown thing because he's older than me and I just I didn't really feel like I had that much of a connection and really knowing who he was and then I was like well I'll just start writing writing the story and kind of just see what happens and it ended up going to a sequel and there was some drama that happens but in the end there's the happy ending and in talking with her she's like well what if you do an alternate story where she and jc are like living together and like trying to get pregnant and all the while like at the same time her grandmother dies and she like they get into some argument oh he was working with a recording artist who was like well i'm gonna take advantage of being in the studio with him and like make a move on him and she walks in and but he doesn't want it but she's she's like it doesn't look like it to me type thing and so there's this misunderstanding mm -hmm. and she ends up going over to Justin's nothing happens between the two of them but not for lack of want and so JC goes over to Justin's house like the next day or whatever and is like hey have you have you seen her and she comes up wearing a towel having just taken a shower and then so jc gets this other idea and they break up and she finds out she's pregnant but so in the first story jc lets her tell her story and be like hey this is what's going on like we're gonna have this baby and in the other it's 
he wants nothing to like he's like no like you've betrayed me i don't i don't care what you have to say and justin's kind of like picking up the pieces and in there was so much of me that was like i've written so many stories of i want justin to have this happy ever after that that's what i want but at the same time was being told well why don't you use this story to be the one that you kill off the main character? So Justin doesn't get the happy ending. Mm. And as far as with as far as with her, I mean, they get married, they have a child together, but not the same type of happy ending. But in her passing, he reconnects with JC and was like, um, so this kid that you think is mine is actually yours. And like, they like become kind of like this co-parents. So I guess it's kind of a happy ending as far as (laughs) everything. But so it's just, there, there are times where I'm like, it wasn't the book that I anticipated writing. But at the same time, I feel like it definitely stretched me as far as different ideas and things. I'm just there are sometimes where I'm like, I don't know if the execution was the best, but at the same time, people liked it. So yeah, it's interesting how kind of going trying to pay attention to what you want to what you want to do have have these ideas of ways that you want to expand your writing yeah but also taking in yeah you get like what people expect and then what you expect and then there's what happens yeah (laughs) it's like where your characters kind of take you you know like and that's kind of good you can kind of you know do these alternate versions of things and see how it does play out it's kind of cool to think of it that way like you can do whatever you want to do with your characters. Mm-hmm. But sometimes there's just a story that needs to be told that's in you that you don't even know needs to come out and they kind of guide you. So it's it's cool. That's neat. Like to be able to play with different versions of that and and go from there and, you know, continue to write and, you know, have that ability to share it with people and that they enjoy it. You know what I mean? So yeah, that's really cool and- too. Yeah, the the story that I'm writing right now, there's part of me that I'm like, I I know the end goal for like them as a couple, but it started to take a turn because originally within the story where this woman is the catalyst for being like getting JC back out there as far as like maybe do something with the guys, like do something with their union. And then we've gotten all of this and I'm like, oh, how can I not write this into the story? And so part of me is like, well, I feel like I need to wait and see what happens so that I can write it as realistically as possible with also adding in some fiction to it. So there's part of me that's, but I'm still also at a time where I'm where I'm writing right now is December of last year. So I'm like, there's still a lot that I need to catch up before I can even get to where some of that reunion type stuff started happening. But for me, it's hard to kind of get to play that catch up at this point as far as telling their story while also trying to follow that and be like, okay, like what's happening so that I can write it realistically. Mm -hmm. So I think that's part of what I'm running into right now with that current story is that it's going a lot slower for me, even though I'm not at the parts that I would need more information on. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, you could always wait or you could come up with your own scenarios and then see how closely it hits the mark when it does happen. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I've been trying to toil with like, you know, writing a, a boy band 
fiction, but like setting it in where it's like back and forth, like, you know, where now it's like, you know, the guy, the Justin went solo and the girl was the childhood friend slash girlfriend and then they reconnect. But then like now that the reunion happened, I'm like, well, maybe I should write that in. You know, and so like yeah. where the, he was in a boy band when he was younger and, you know, so it's and kind of trying to fit all of them in there, I've right. found is difficult. And then there have been times when I thought of even writing just my own story of how I met them and how, you know, like my own little memoir or yeah. whatever. And I'm just like, there's just no way it's so complex and so complicated and so difficult. Like, how am I going to get all of this in there? Like, I just don't even know how I would go about doing that. So to me, I was like, well, I could write, you know, a, a fiction, but weave some of the experiences that I've had in there yeah. as scenes that happen you know, but it's, it's tough to kind of navigate, you know, and, and trying to fit in five stories of five guys and, you know, yeah. writing, maybe writing their stories, but it's been known to happen. You know, like my friend, she wrote a One Direction fan fiction and she wrote it about Harry Styles. He was the main character and she wrote it on just an app that people would read from and they got so involved with it that she had more than like, I think, a million reads or more than a billion reads. I can't even remember. But basically they came to her, like publishing places came to her and they were like, we want to publish your books. And wow. she was like, she was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> and they were like, yeah, we want to publish your books. Like we'll offer you six figures to publish them just to start. And she was like, uh, okay. They were like, just change his, <laughs> name. Just change his name. And they were, she was like, yeah. okay. Yeah. That was, that was part of my thing is that there are some of the stories in here that I really love. And like, I, I put a little bit of a little bit or a lot of me and my life into these characters mm -hmm. but part of me is like okay if I were to make this as just a fiction like I feel uh, for me I feel like that's too difficult I'm like I don't know that I can build a whole even though I don't need to build a whole world because there's you can have it set almost anywhere and but I feel like there for some reason to my to my mind, it's just there's too much that I feel like would need to change that I wouldn't know if I'm doing it correctly, if that makes sense, as far as changing it from what I have right now set within the like in sync world and putting it into something else without it being kind like of direct, obvious. Yeah. Directly them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's okay, too. Like, you know, that I've seen books out that are kind of like talking about a pop star and you can tell that like just from the way that it's said is like, you could tell it's about Taylor Swift. You know what I mean? Like, and there is that like, you know, but I mean, I don't exactly know how, like, I never read my, <laughs> I feel bad for saying that, but I never read my friend's books. I did watch the movies because they got made into movies. But I mean, she became huge, like everywhere, like people know her everywhere. Like she'll go to Italy and have like 5,000 people waiting in line for her, you know? And I mean, she's gotten really big just from writing a One Direction fanfic and then turning it into, you know, into a novel, like into a series of novels. The, the books are called After. Her name's Anna Todd. And so you can see her stuff. I think the movies are on Netflix right now. Okay. But she became pretty big and you never know where something can go. You know what I mean? Like, you yeah. just 
never know how it'll hit. You never, you never know. But she made it, you know, compelling enough for that the people wanted to read it and they just wanted more, you know. And it's a very tumultuous young love type set story, you know. She just said it to where she was writing a story about Harry Styles and he was a normal guy going to college, but it was Harry Styles, you know. Yeah. For me, like when I wrote my first book, I really wanted the sense of him being the guy next door. And I was always like somebody who was, had a huge crush on um, Henry Cavill, the uh-huh. actor, you know, and to me, he's just too beautiful. Like he's like, you know, somebody you would see on the street and be like, oh my gosh, like that's a gorgeous man. I wanted more like the type of the guy that would be like, he'd be good looking, but you would kind of, he'd be like every other type of good looking guy, you know, not somebody who stood out to where he was strikingly beautiful, but you know, handsome enough to be like, wow, he's hot. (laughs) So to me, I remembered, and I, I wasn't really into the whole, you know, superhero thing, but I'd gone one day to the movies to see the second Captain America movie. And Chris Evans, to me, seemed like he's like the, like, he's kind of got like the guy next door vibe about him. Like mm-hmm. he's, he's hot, but he's not like unattainable, right? Like co- totally, completely like, oh my God, you're gorgeous type of yeah. girl. Like, like where every woman would be like fighting for him, you know? Um, and so to me, it, it was like, he was the normal guy next door that could be charming and clever and fun, just an all American guy, you know? And so I just, from there, just kind of imagined him as the character and set about finding out traits, you know? And, and it was funny because once I started writing about him, I started finding out things about him that were very like on the mark with what I was writing. Cause I was like, I didn't, I didn't know anything about him. I didn't know, like, like I wasn't his fan or anything. I just was like, he kind of fits the type of guy I want to write. Yeah. So after like, you know, I wrote it, I started looking into him and I was just like, oh, well, let me, let me see an interview or let me read an article about him. And I would find things that were so strikingly similar that I was like, oh my gosh, like I must have been somehow like channeling him or something. (laughs) It just, I was like, uh, he has friends the same name, like his name, his friends' names were Josh and Zach. And I was like, oh my gosh, I wrote characters that were named Josh and Zach. <laughs> I was like, this is so weird. I was like, if he were ever to read this, he might think that I just took his life and like yeah. copied it or something. Cause I was just like, oh my gosh, like it is so scarily similar that I was just like, oh my goodness. And so the more I started to watch of him, the more I started to get a crush on him. I was like, oh my gosh, uh-huh. like Chris Evans, he's so dreamy. And people would tell me like, Anissa, like he is like the most basic sick guy like why the heck do you have a crush on him I'm like I have no idea (laughs) but it's because it's almost like I wrote my character yeah and in my mind Chris Evans is like my character which I know is not true like I'm like nobody can be as perfect as what my I made my character to be because to me I made my character very much how I would want how how I would want a man to be how I would want love to be and I think that's what I focus on in my books is that I want I want it to be hopeful I want it to be romantic of course I want it to be something that people could strive to have in a in a yeah. partner you know and so I think that's really important to me in writing my characters is making them realistic but also in at the same time balancing it out with that hopeful jittery butterfly type feeling 
that you would be like, oh my gosh, he's so handsome. I want somebody like that. You know, like I want it to be hopeful. And so that's where I, I, I like to write male characters where yes, they have some flaws because everybody does. But at the same time, let young girls especially know that they can hope for a man who can be that for them. Mm -hmm. You know, that man that opens the door for them, that man that pays on the date, the man that is a protector and, you know, somebody who cares and is kind and truly loving, you know, and it doesn't come without drama, of course, because love is work. (laughs) But at the same time, you know, like telling it in a way that is still hopeful. Mm -hmm. And I think for a while, I just got so burned out on seeing and promoting and reading so many books or the guy was just dirty, you know, like I I just kind of got, and there's a time and a place for that, you know, in the market. I just, it wasn't for me. Like I was just like, I I really want uh, a, like a man who is a a good quality character man, you know? Mm -hmm. So I think too, that's like a big thing that I looked at and wanted for my, I guess like the theme of my books you know, like I, I want, you know, the theme to be hopeful. Mm-hmm. And as I, I would say all the time, like uh, writing stories that I wished happened to me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like writing stories that I wish happened to me. So, yeah. So, I mean, I'm really excited about having them out again. It's something that I've been waiting for for a while. It just kind of, I finally actually just fixed it enough the first one enough to where I finally was like, because I was very nervous. I was like, well, what if it doesn't sell because it doesn't have sexy times in it? You know, or what if nobody wants books like that? Or what if my books are too boring? Or what if my characters are too boring? Or, you know, there's always all these self doubts that creep up, you know, but the more that I've found myself happy with the results for myself, the less I care about what other people are thinking you know, because I know that I've put out the best that I could do and what I ended up loving. In that, it makes it a lot easier for me to promote because I can honestly, like with all my heart, say that I put my all into it. I love my characters. I love the way the story came out. If somebody doesn't like it, I know it's just not their cup of tea, you know, but as for me, this is what I wanted to say and this is what I wanted to write. And so... If I still had that, you know, that half a million subscribers, <laughs> yeah, I would definitely promote it to that. I no longer have that page. I gave it away to a friend, to the friend that helped me um, figure out what to do with it, like where I was selling space and selling newsletters and stuff like that. And it was just that, like, I just didn't really want it anymore. It, it had gotten to a place where, you know, it was just um, promoting a lot of the stuff that I just didn't really want to promote anymore. And so, you know, for me, I was like, I, I can't depend on that as a source of income anymore. I need a steady source of income. So that's where I went out and I got, you know, I got a regular job, a nine to five so that I could support myself and then do this on the side so that I wouldn't feel so pressured to have to make money to support myself. Because I think that's what a lot of authors that I knew did. And I was falling into that of, I have to make the money 
I have to write what people want. I have to be on top of my game. I have to write quickly because then I won't be able to eat, (laughs) you know? And I just, I didn't want that anymore. I wanted to write what I wanted to write. I didn't want to worry so much about like, I have to buy ad space and I have to promote and I have to get an, you know, an assistant and I have to get a PR company and I have to buy merchandise and I have to go to all these events. And I was putting so much money into these books that I got into debt. And that's what got me into trouble was like spending too much on them and then it not being a good return on investment because I was just constantly trying so hard and I was so stressed. And I was like, no, like I'd rather, you know, have a job and know that I'm okay, whether or not my books do well or not. Uh And they might not do that well. But maybe they will, you know, maybe over time, they'll give me a little bit of passive income. But I just want to release as I go and, you know, make sure that I'm writing quality work that I like and that I I believe in. And that's also, you know, entertaining and hopeful for people. And so I just I changed my outlook of it. And because I think I changed my outlook, I no longer feel that nervousness that I just always felt about these books, you know, like I was just always like, Oh, it's not good enough. And Oh, my gosh, and people aren't gonna like it. And then it's not gonna sell. And you know, and in no way am I selling what I used to, you know, I I was gaining numbers, I was getting sales, I was doing okay. Now it's nothing like that. Like, I wish it was I wish it was doing a little better. (laughs) But I'm also not willing to spend a fortune you know, having to do it. I would say the only thing that I really spend a fortune on that I care about the most is an editor, which I think is very, very important. Mm -hmm. If you have a good editor that can help in so many ways, just, you know, from not worrying to typos, to not worrying about plot holes, to not worrying about, you know, if a sentence structure doesn't feel right, or if you missed a comma somewhere or whatever, if you misused a word or something, you know, it's like, yeah, that to me gives me a lot of confidence is making sure that I have an editor that knows what they're doing, that gives you good notes that tells you like, hey, you might want to change this or, you know, that gives you the that makes you sound good and makes yeah. sure that you're sounding good. Um, of course, you have to put in the work too. I'm a very clean writer. Like, you know, like I try my best to be as clean as possible. I've uh, freelance edited before for people. And man, like if they depend on the editor to do all all the work for them, that is not good. <laughs> yeah. You know, unless they're going to pay them big, big, big bucks, which in that case would probably be getting a ghostwriter. But, you know, I try to write as clean as I can and then help get the editor that can make me be at least even better in my sentence structure or if I'm, you know, missing stuff or if maybe I put a sentence somewhere where it could have been better elsewhere. You know, like, hey, hey, this needs to be, this is two thoughts, different thoughts here. This thought would go better with this thought up here instead of down here, you know, or expounding in something like, hey, can you explain this a little bit more? This doesn't quite make sense to me, you know? Stuff like that is important to me so that the story, that the reader doesn't get jumped out of the story because something's, you know, not said right or not written well or wrong, you know. So I will say like, you know, if I was going to spend on something, anything that's going to be expensive, it's going to be an editor because I care about my reader a lot. (laughs) Yeah, I, you know, even though I don't like I do things for me, like in terms of the plot and everything like that, but I care 
for the reader to have that good experience. And I don't want them to be taken out of something because I misspelled a word or I missed a comma or I used a word wrong, you know? So in that, like, I will do that. The other thing that I did spend a lot on are my covers. And that's because I did get them professionally done by a cover artist who is also a photographer. So I was involved in everything from picking out the models to telling her what I wanted in the pictures, what the the sense I was going for, what they were going to look like, what I wanted them to look like. And then, you know, getting to choose from like, I guess, like the the stock photos that she made. So I was very involved with the first cover. I, I got a lot of input in that one. Second and the third cover, I I still got to choose, but it wasn't as intensive as it was with the first one. So I would say like my first book is, it's just, I love it so much. I, I, it's the cover is beautiful. The, the models are exactly what I wanted. I got a book trailer for it where she filmed those actors in the scenes for me and she made a trailer for me. And I have a ton of stock photos from that shoot that I haven't even used yet that I'm like, oh man, I need to, (laughs) I need to do something with them. But yeah, so I did spend a lot on my covers at first too. I think going from here going on, I might not spend as much. I might use like stock photos and stuff like that. But for my first three books, I really did put a lot of money and thought into the way the covers looked. And that's why like a lot of people were telling me this time around, they were like, well, if you're going for like sweet romance, that's not the type of cover you want. You want more like of a landscape or right now that's not really popular having people on your cover. It's more popular to have like cartoons or it's more popular to have like, you know, flowers or whatever, you know, and you could do that. You could go for what's in. Uh But for me, I was like, I'd already released these books once. I wasn't in the mood to respend like a ton of money on the, on the covers. I really just I really wanted to keep the ones that I had because I really thought that they were beautiful the first round. Yeah. I really loved those covers. And I was like, no, like I just, as of right now, I I don't want to change them. I don't want them changed. If a publisher ends up eventually picking them up or something, then maybe they can change them if they want. (laughs) Yeah. But I think they're beautiful enough to be kept as they are. So yeah, you know, I'm just, I'm really excited to have them out again. And it's been a long, long journey. (laughs) So, yeah. If you could go back and give yourself advice or if you could give someone else that's starting to get into the writing process, what was what is one piece of advice that you would give someone? Either either go back and tell yourself or to tell someone else. Oof, take your time, you know? Mm-hmm. Don't be in a rush. There's no rush. There's I mean, you could hit like but at what at what cost? Yeah. You know, like at what cost, you know, don't, don't be in a rush and write what you love, you know, like listen to yourself, like listen to your instincts. I think that's in the time that I was doing things. I wasn't, I guess that's the whole overall gist of it is go with your gut, like listen to what you feel is right. Because if you do, you won't, you won't regret it, you know, because I felt like I was listening to everybody else instead of listening to myself. I, I went in directions that I probably shouldn't have gone. It it would have turned out a lot better had I just calmed down and listened to myself, like listened Uh to what I really, really wanted to do, you know, because if I, if I look at it and it's like, oh, you know, people told me it wouldn't sell if it didn't have sex. Well, you know what? Now 
sweet romances in. People don't want sex in their books right now. And if I had listened to myself, I wouldn't have felt maybe that I had to pull them off and then put them back on. I could have just kept them up to begin with. Mm -hmm. Even at the times when I was trying to write my books at the beginning and I would say to myself, well, why is my character doing this? Well, you know, maybe she shouldn't do this. And then everything that I was questioning, that author told me, why did you have your character doing this? She could have done this. And it was everything that I was questioning. So a lot of times those instincts that you have are the right ones. And you're just not, you're doubting yourself or you're not listening to yourself. And you find out later, like you were, you probably should have listened to yourself. You know what I mean? And if I had taken my time and really thought about it and really, you know, just done what I thought at first I should do, I probably wouldn't have been so, I guess, like, I don't know, late (laughs) in the, in the process of releasing these books, you know, having to take them off and then put them back on. I mean, at the same time, I wouldn't change like the events that I went through because they did teach me a lot, but I just think that it would have, I, it would have been nicer had I listened to my instincts and Uh trusted them, you know? So yeah, I would say that take your time and just listen to yourself and don't be swayed by what everybody else says to do. Uh Do what you want to do because the landscape changes so quickly. And like one day erotica might be popular the next day it could be mystery suspense the next day it could be sweet romance the next day it could be something else you know like it just ebbs and flows so much it's hard to get a handle on what the next it thing is Mm -hmm. so it's important to know what you want for you and yeah and eventually as long as it's something that you that you're proud of eventually eventually the right people will find it Yes. And that's the thing too, is like people say a lot like, oh, well, nobody's into that. There's always somebody into something. Yeah. It's just like everything has a fandom that you wouldn't even think has a fandom. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's like everybody has their their niche. Like you would think like, let's just say an average person on the street doesn't really think about it, but I'm here talking about in sync. And they're like, oh, there's <laughs> there's still people who like NSYNC? Like, they haven't even been around forever. And then all of a sudden, NSYNC comes back. And you knew all along that you loved NSYNC for a reason. And, like, yeah. all of a sudden, they're big again. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's, you know, you don't know what kind of fandoms there are out there. It's just like, you know, think about it. And you're like, oh, okay, like, my dad is into NASCAR, you know? It's like, I don't really think about it yeah. every day. But, like, then you look at, like, these people that go to the... The, the races and they know everything and they know about the, you know, the drivers and they know everything. They know the stats, they know everybody has their fandom, you know, yeah. and, and everybody has their thing. You wouldn't think that there's like conferences all over the world to go to like book events, like for romance books, but there are, and it's, you know, it's wild. You don't think about that, that there's these, but it, you know, and romance, a lot of time it gets, it gets a lot of flack, but it is, the highest selling genre out there. It makes the most money. Uh-huh. People love romance and it gets a lot of flack, you know, at times and people make fun of it. Like, Oh, you like romance? Well, like, yeah, I, I grew up reading love stories. I love romantic movies. I love romance. 
And yeah, there's a big market for that. And people always think like, oh, so you like Fabio on the cover or whatever. And it's like, well, no, there's more to romance than just that. I think it's like women in romance are always very written very well. They're written as strong female characters. And I think there's a lot to be learned from women in romance you know, like from romantic stories. I know like there are good female characters written that are strong and it you get to know what you want and what you don't want in a person. And some people could say like, oh, that just raises your expectations too high. And it's like, well, no, it's not a high expectation to demand respect. And if you're right. reading the if you're reading the right kind of novels, the right kind of stories, it teaches you how to do that. You know, <laughs> like Romance can teach you how to do that. And so, you know, I think there's a lot to be said for that genre that people don't realize and they don't know that it's such a big deal. It's such a moneymaker, you know? Uh-huh. Yeah. And these conferences, they're still happening. They're still going, taking place. It's like that movie, that movie with Sandra Bullock that just came out where she was a romance author and Channing Tatum is her cover model. <laughs> Have you seen I, that movie? I have not. I, it's so I, cute. I haven't even seen trailer. I I live on streaming through Disney Plus and Disney Channel and YouTube Kids, so my my <laughs> yeah, exposure is very one. limited right now. Yeah. So, but that I think it's on. Interesting. Am- yeah, it's on Amazon Prime. Okay. And, and so she's a romance author, and she goes to a book event, like a conference. And she's there with her cover model. And it's kind of like what I would do. Like I would go to events and I had this guy who I had taken. I had a friend here in Austin who did some covers for me and did some cover, uh, some photo shoots for me with this cover model. And I was planning to, after I'd written my promise series, the promise books, I was going to, I was already planning out my other books. So I was already planning out my covers. So I had shot multiple covers with this cover model for my next series of books. So, I mean, he was traveling with me. He went to a couple of book events with me and I would have him there and I would have him at my table and we would sign books, you know, like we would both sign stuff. And, you know, and it's just funny because like people don't think it's a thing. They think it's like make-believe or something because this movie came out with Sandra Bullock where she's a romance author and she's with her cover model, Channing Tatum. And, and, you know, she just, she kind of looks down on him and she kind of looks down on the whole idea of writing romance, but yet it's made her money and it's gotten her popularity and mm-hmm. the, the cover model is famous and to him it's important like he cares about it and she kind of like you know in a way puts it down but then like he's like you're putting down all those people that like your books like you're putting down those people too because they like what you're writing so stop putting it down and stop judging it yeah. you know because it's kind of like she was judging herself you know and so but it's super fun it's like they go they get caught in this whirlwind thing where she gets kidnapped by this billionaire guy and like who wants her to like find some kind of treasure thing that she wrote about in her book because she's actually a historian so like it's just it's a really funny funny movie where her and her cover model just kind of get stuck together brad pitt is in it also so it's just a really fun movie if you get a chance to watch it try to watch it like I said, I never thought I would be an author. I never thought it was something that I was going to do. I just, it's just, it's kind of like a world I fell into where I was like, oh my gosh, this is what I was supposed to do. You know? yeah. Like, and it just made it, you know, it it's fun for me to escape in these imaginings of what I want my characters to go through or figure out or decide and, and getting to live in their heads for a little bit is really fun. And so I know I've only written the three, but I've started like 
four other ones that I have ideas for and I'm going through and and I just can't wait to bring them to people so that they can have fun and read and hopefully enjoy it, you know? So yeah, it's just like, it's, it's almost like a dream come true, you know? Like I think the next step would be just like trying to get an agent or something to get like foreign rights and get them out there everywhere, you know? I'd want something like that where I could get them out worldwide or something. That's like Uh a, a big dream would be to have that available. But it's been a journey. It's been a long, long journey. And hopefully this is the start of it continuing and there not being a hiccup anymore. <laughs> yeah. Because that was a long hiccup to have from 2019 to like now. So hopefully they'll, you know, I'll continue to write and have them out soon. It's just finding the time now is is what's hard, especially yeah. because because of the, you know, the job. So I'm constantly having to find time to do it, you know, mm-hmm. which is difficult. It can be difficult. So yeah, but it's fun. Yeah, I I saw that you had posted something about the first book coming out later this coming week. And I was like, I, I wanted to give you a platform to promote. And because I know there's a lot of people that kind of know you at least see you within the fandom and just wanting to see if I could use, I mean, I know, I know it's a small podcast, but just be a little extra boost in the signal. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And I'm so appreciative of that because, you know, it's any, anything helps anything really. And, you know, it's, it's tough getting word out, especially with all the, you know, social media noise and there's so much out there and we're so bombarded with things. And I know not everybody's a reader. And so somebody might see it and they might be like, oh yeah, uh, oh yeah, okay. And then they'll forget or, you know, so anytime I get to like, you know, promote it anywhere, I really, really appreciate it because it's like, it's something that I've put so much money and, and time and effort into and heart and, you know, and to not know if it's gonna get a return on investment is tough. Sometimes you don't know if you're gonna end up having lost money from it or, or not, you know, so any little you know, thing helps me. And so I'm just so appreciative of it. If even just one person listened to the podcast and then was like, okay, I'm going to buy your book. <laughs> like that would be so awesome. So I'm just super, super grateful to you for inviting me on to talk about it. And, and I, I didn't know that you were in the fan fiction world too. So, and you know, the writing world too, and all of that is just, it's so awesome. And you know, there's communities for everything and, and it's so good because you just don't end up feeling as alone. Like uh-huh. you kind of under, you understand each other and where you're, you're coming from. And I've met so many good people through this fandom, you know, through the InSync fandom and everybody is so willing to help everybody out. And I think that's the thing too, is like, you know, some people might be competitive and, you know, try to get, you know, things before the others or whatever in the book world. But at the end of the day, there's room for everybody. And, you know, helping people out is just, you know, it's, it's so good for the soul, you know, like, and so I always tell people, if you want me to promote something, I'll do it. If you want me to post something, I'll do it. Like, you know, and, and, and I don't mind it because it's, we're all, there's, there's room for everybody, you know? So, so it's just so nice to have that encouragement and that, that help. And so I, I truly appreciate it. And I mean, the InSync fandom is so wonderful and I just enjoy everybody so much and, and just being so excited for, you know, InSync coming back and all that stuff yeah. is 
is really fun and talking about it. And then just the fact that you wanted me on here, even though it wasn't really about sync, to talk about my books was just so nice. Like I was just like, you want to talk to my, about my books? Like this is amazing. <laughs> so hopefully you're, you know, your listeners don't mind me going off about writing and and my my books and character development and all that stuff. Well, hopefully it wasn't too boring for them. But I will say there is a little Justin Timberlake reference in the book. So, um, so you might like that. <laughs> <laughs> it was a little one. I, I think I didn't want to do too much of it, but I remember one of my friends who is an InSync fan, she was like, I loved your Justin Timberlake reference. I was like, oh, okay, good. Yeah, yeah. She was like, I loved it. Well, because it actually has his name in there. Like, okay. Says Justin okay. Timberlake. So yeah, so she was like, <laughs> I loved that. And I was like, okay, good. <laughs> nice. So yeah, but I, I really wouldn't have gone into all this had it not been, you know, for me starting that page with my book club and Uh And everything kind of trickling from there and getting the help from my friend who, you know, helped me figure that stuff out. And, and it's been, it's been quite a long journey, you know, like, and it's been tough, but I've learned so much from it. And I've had so much fun meeting so many different people in the author world. I mean, you know, Christopher Rice, um, Colleen Hoover. I work for Sally Thorne. She's an awesome writer. I I love her books. And I mean, just the fact that I work for her is kind of like a dream come true also. So, you know, but, you know, uh, Rachel Van Dyke, and there's so many amazing authors that I've gotten to know from, you know, from being a part of that world. Um, it's just been so amazing. Uh, Anna Todd, I, I mentioned her. Anna's, you know, she's awesome. Her movies are great. If you get a chance, you know, go on Netflix and watch them. I think there's like four movies now, either four or five. I can't even remember oh, wow. now. <laughs> yeah, but they're all really good. They're all very like, you know, sexy, steamy. But yeah, I think hers are called the After Series. Okay. And a lot of them have been made into movies. And right now, I think Colleen Hoover's book is being made into a movie with Blake Lively. So yeah, Blake Lively's doing that. Sally's uh, book, the, the one that I work for, she got hers got made into a movie. It's called The Hating Game with Lucy Hale. And that one's okay. really cute. That one's really fun. So yeah, a lot of good, you know, books are being made into movies, which is, you know, always fun to hear about when you hear like somebody that you know, their book has become a film, you know what I mean? So maybe someday one of my books will become a movie. (laughs) Here's to hoping and dreaming vision board. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Originally, this podcast was in sync, and like we'd started off. My former co-host and I were we both wrote in sync fanfic, and so there was part of me that wanted to discuss that. We've had a couple different in sync fanfic authors on, and then had someone that had started writing in sync fanfic, and now is on book four of a romance series that she's writing. So really wanting to kind of take kind of give that a voice as well as far as that fan fiction is valid and can lead like for most of us it's fun but can also lead to other ideas that are outside of fanfic yeah definitely and yeah like i mean people kind of harp on fanfic and it's like why you're practicing writing you're writing a story that people will want to imagine that person in and they're just fun and then they can be built into so many other things like Uh like I said like you know all the stuff that came out of Twilight fanfic 
like Twilight was a big series. And then so many people wrote fan fiction that became their novels. So it wasn't it wasn't only Fifty Shades of Grey. I think Christina Lauren is another well, there are two two authors, Christina and Lauren, and they wrote a fanfic together that was on Twilight. And then they changed the name and they got it published. And they became really big from that. So they have a ton of books now. They're like really, really big. And they still write books together. Another one was, Alice, I think her name is Alice Alice Clayton. She was another one who wrote a, a Twilight fan fiction and then she got published. Uh. So there, there are a ton of like authors that are now big that got their start writing Twilight fan fiction. And it just depends, like I said too, with Anna Todd, her books were One Direction fan fiction. Yeah. And I mean, she became huge, like worldwide big, you know, like, like I said, she's got lines around the corner waiting for her. She's been interviewed by tons of magazines, like billboard, like, you know, you name it. Like, I mean, she's huge. And like these people got their start writing fan fiction because you have to, you kind of have to start somewhere, you know, not everybody is like out of college trying to be, you know, writers from the beginning who are like, I think a lot of people, and this is how I felt was like, they feel like they have to be super, super verbose and, you know, strong, like hard words and, you know, like complex emotions and all this stuff. And it's like, you don't have to be perfect and you don't have to make it, you know, some kind of smart Pulitzer Prize winning novel, (laughs) you know, you just have to make it important to you and real and you have to make characters you care about because if you don't care about the characters, the story will not matter. Yeah. You know, it's just like a movie like that you watch that you feel like has no plot. You're like, okay, like this, nothing happens in this. And why do I care? If you don't get to know the characters, you can't care about what happens to them. So the number one thing I would say is draw your audience in by making them care about your character, make them real, you know, like make them you know, make us care about who you're writing about, what you're telling. Why should we care? Make them relatable. And, you know, if you do that, you're in, you know, it's kind of like, like I said, my plots don't have like my stories are not big, complex plots. It's a boy and a girl meeting and falling in love, you know, Yeah. but it's how it's done is what matters. It's what are they saying to each other? How are they? What are they like? What are they going through? Why are they going through it? Once you get that under understood and you connect that to something relatable, people are going to want to read it and they're going to like it, yeah. you know, and you might not always be everybody's cup of tea. Like some people might think, oh, this is kind of slow. Nothing really is happening except a guy and a girl trying to like each other. And it's like, well, yeah, but that's romance. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know, like so. What you know? That's that's life. You meet somebody, you start going out. You know, you get to know each yeah. other. You might fall in love. You might not. <laughs> I would just say, like, that's the number one thing is connecting, connecting with your audience, and from there, just you know, if you can click with your audience, you've you've got one. <laughs> you know? uh-huh. So yeah, and I, I really appreciate you letting me come on and talk about it because yeah, it's not often that you get to come on and talk about what you create, you know, <laughs> you usually just like have to post real quick on a, on an Instagram post or something. 
<laughs> and hope that people see it. But but I am having a giveaway on my Instagram. So for a paperback, I'll probably pick the winner on Monday. Wait, I don't know when I'll pick the winner. Sometime this week. So if um, this comes out sometime this week, hopefully they'll be able to go and they'll... And I'll have other giveaways too for the novel once it... Because the one I'm giving away right now is, uh, is a proof copy and it says not for resale on the cover. <laughs> so I'm sure like I'll probably give away actual like the actual paperbacks when they're released. So I'll also hopefully have my website up this week. And if somebody wants to order a signed copy, which people have asked me for, which I'm always like floored by that people actually want a copy uh-huh. signed by myself. But if they do, then I'll have that up soon, hopefully this week as well. So that'll be up on anisagarcia.com where they can purchase the book, like the paperback from me, and I'll sign it and send it to them with it signed. And yeah, and then it'll be on Amazon, iBooks, and Kobo on November 30th. That's the ebook versions. And then paperback, it will be available on Amazon. And then I'm hoping soon Barnes and Noble gets their butt into gear and gets my book up on there. They've been having like issues with something and it takes forever to get it like okayed to get it up on Barnes and Noble. So it's, it's been taking a while, but once that is up, people will be able to get it on their nook or through paperback on there as well, if they prefer that over Amazon or just through my website. So my website will have that on there as well. Well, yeah, I just want to say I'm going to help promote as best I can when I see you post and yeah, I just want to promote friends within the fandom and yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. And like I said, it, it does mean a lot because, yeah. you know, a lot of people don't have the ability, like they don't have a platform, they don't have, you know, the way to to get it out there. So and I, I tell people like, I'm always like nervous to promote my stuff. But it's like sometimes with the algorithm, like people might not see it. So yeah. <laughs> so you have to keep promoting, you know, you have to keep posting, you have to be talking about it constantly. I'm sure people are going to get sick of my Instagram seeing like all these posts <laughs> <laughs> for it. But just trying to make it you know, fresh and new and clean and like new different ways of getting it out there, you know, brand new ways of promoting. And hopefully that'll help get it out there a little more. But yeah, I truly appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Can't wait to read your book and let you let you know what I think. Awesome. And if anybody is listening and they do end up purchasing, the thing that really, really helps are reviews on Amazon. Yes. My old book had like around 200 reviews, which helped me a lot. But now that it's not the same book, (laughs) I can't use those reviews. Right. So, you know, it's a bummer that I lost out on all those reviews. But even if they're bad reviews, I mean, hopefully they won't be. I, I, I never really got a whole lot of bad reviews, uh, luckily, on the first go. Hopefully, these will be a little bit better even than they were on the old ones. But even like I say, like even if you just didn't really care for it and it's a good you know, assessment of why somebody didn't like it, that helps me learn. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I don't mind, you know, like as long as they're not mean, <laughs> like if they're right. just like, I hated this book. It was so stupid. The author's dumb. Then I, that like hurts my feelings. But <laughs> right. That doesn't give you anything to build off of and be like, yeah. okay, let me change that. Right. Like, I think there was one review I got one time where it was like, you know, look, like the, the characters were good. I really enjoyed it. 
you know, but there were issues with the editing. There were issues with the way things were worded, you know, careless mistakes, this and that. And I was like, Ooh, ouch, like that hurt. But then I was like, okay, you know what? I'll fix it. I'll make it better. You know, like, and that if it's like a, you know, constructive in its criticism, then I'm able to take that and learn on it, you know? And so whether they're good or bad, you know, like, they're, they'll always, no matter what, end up being good for me because I get to learn, I get to learn from them. So even like my friends, like I'll tell them like, Hey, just help me out. Like leave me a review on, on the day it releases or, you know, when it comes out, like help me out. Even if you just totally didn't love the book, just be honest and in a good way that I can understand where I went wrong Mm -hmm. so that I, so that I can fix it, you know? And so, yeah, that that's one way that could really, really help as well is reviews. So if any of your listeners end up purchasing the book and, you know, want to leave a review, even if they didn't love it, I don't mind (laughs) because those reviews will help me. (laughs) All right. So once again, good talking with you and we will talk again soon. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Mm -hmm. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining me and Anissa on this episode. If you are interested in following her on Instagram, she is at Anissa G author, A-N-I-S-S-A letter G author, and her book comes out this week. And we also have the Cyber Week special for merch, 15% off of your order and free shipping. So once again, be like our fashion Amazon king and get some free shipping. So until next time, friends, bye, bye, bye.